Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Buck. I'm a motorsports writer for The Athletic. And each week, I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. Up next is IndyCar Series points leader Alex Pillow, who recently just won the Detroit race, um, which was a few days ago as of the recording of this podcast. And he was the Indy 500 pole sitter as well, obviously a former IndyCar champion also. Um, who was in quite the uh, pickle last year when both Chip Ganassi Racing and McLaren thought they had rights to him for this year. Uh, That was a contract dispute that was eventually sorted out, and he has returned to Ganassi for this season for now. We talked a little about that as well as a variety of other things, so take a listen. All right, everybody, I'm here with Alex Pillow for 12 Questions. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you so much for doing this. Okay, so um, these questions, you know, they're uh, they're sort of like random uh, all over the place, not just for you specifically. Some are, but some are not. Okay, so uh, the first one is you have to pick one chore or obligation to do every single day for an entire year. But if you do it every day, you never have to do it for the rest of your life. So what would you like to knock out forever? Oh, knock out forever. Oh, my God, that's tough. I don't know. Uh, maybe cooking. I would, oh, okay. I would say cooking or uh, washing my clothes or something like that. Maybe cooking. So then I would have to cook for a full year and then not worry about it the rest of my life. Ever. Maybe cooking. So yeah. yeah. Are you a good cook? No. Oh. <laughs> so it would, it would be a really tough year, but after yeah. that it would be easy. You'd eat terribly for a year, but then you have all this great food the rest of your See? life. See? <laughs> so yeah, I think I would do. I would do that. I would like that. Actually. Okay. Can you describe how you are as a passenger in a streetcar? Really bad. I'm terrible. Um, I'm always being like, "Hey, what's that? What's that?" Uh, like if if we approach a, another car too too fast, or I'm normally quite scared of people going on control of the car um, because I will break here and they don't break or something like that. Um, and I never trust who's driving. I think my, the only people that i used to trust was my dad but i don't trust him anymore so (laughs) even he's out yeah even he's out so yeah i'm a terrible passenger driver okay what's an app on your phone that you love using and you think other people should know about you have any favorite apps not really i use um email whatsapp iMessage, obviously social media maybe the whoop app Mm. that's the the one i'm uh, checking the most, I would say, during the day, a part of my messaging apps, just to see how my day is going and making sure I beat my teammates uh, on the groups. So you're you're in the group with them, so you can see their recoveries and their workouts and stuff like that. Yeah, not with drivers because uh, they actually have a group going on, but I didn't want to get into that because otherwise I wouldn't take days off. Um, so <laughs> too competitive. Yeah, so I have some with my. Uh, 
a, a group with my gym, the gym members, and uh, with my dad and some friends. So, do you get a lot of good sleeps and green recoveries during uh, race weeks and stuff? It's tough. It's yeah. tough because we, we, I cannot eat as good as I do when I'm at home, um, and also the, yeah, maybe I have a dinner until late, and I cannot go to sleep as early as I would like. Um, but, uh, yeah, for, for example, before qualifying, it was like at 45 or something. And I was like, oh, shit, that's not <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, there are some days that I sleep quite well as well. So Nice. Okay. Um, so the next one is, what do you do to make yourself feel better when you're having a crappy day? I always think that there could be worse days. So that's the best um, thing that I have for me going on and it works. Um I think I'm 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 a really lucky person that even my crappiest day can be a lot better than other people uh, or much better than myself 10 years ago or um, some members of my family. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so this next one, um, I've asked readers to give me uh, life advice questions that they want drivers to answer, and I'm changing it for each driver. So you recently got married, yes? Yes. Okay, so this question is about... Uh, this person's planning their wedding. So they say, I'm getting married this year and we're in the process of planning the wedding. I'm trying to be involved, but my fiance hates every idea that I come up with. Should I keep trying to play a role in the wedding planning or should I go along with it and let her plan everything? Well, I don't know the name of this person, but uh, yeah, he's done. Like that's <laughs> over. Um, <laughs> you need to play a role of like, their idea is the best idea in the world and it's gonna be a happy marriage after that so i know that maybe he doesn't want the flowers that kind of flowers but it's okay it's okay <laughs> not to be okay on your wedding day um and during the rest of your life afterwards so um it is what it is that make them uh a lot happier the wives and he's not gonna win so it's better <laughs> that he understands that that he knows that that's going to be uh, the life now. So, yeah, I, I honestly have a really happy life because my, my wife decides everything and I'm just like, yep, that's a great idea. I'm, I tried to get more involved in stuff before, like decoration in our house that didn't go well. So, <laughs> yeah, I learned pretty early. You are a wise man, it sounds like, very <laughs> wise man. Uh, so the next one I'm asking is I'm also mixing it up for each person and I'm trying to ask like a sort of a pop culture or society debate type stuff. So um, obviously the, the siestas in Spain are, you know, quite a big cultural thing there. And I'm wondering, like, could that concept ever work here in America? What would have to change about our lives to get people to take a little break in the afternoon, chill out a little bit? Yeah, you got to stay up later, I guess, you know, for dinner. Like, could that ever work here in any way? I would say, so first thing, siesta is a big thing in Spain, but it's not everybody. Okay, um, okay. So, for example, I in my family, we don't really take a lot of siestas, uh, except of the weekend. So during the weekend, but honestly, yesterday we had a pickleball tournament here going on, and Joseph was a bit late because he was having a nap. <laughs> so they call it nap, but it's a siesta. So it's the same thing. I think in U.S., there's more people than that takes naps or siestas and what it 
looks like. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's normally more in the weekend. There's people, professional sister people that do it during the week as well, which they are pros. Um, but um, but yeah, um, I think it could work here. But honestly, you would have to, as you say, push the dinner a lot later. And I don't really like that. I honestly don't like that. I yeah. prefer to have dinner early and you can rest earlier and just have uh, a bit of time before your s stomach processes all the food and then you go to sleep. Um, while in Spain, we are really bad with that. We, we start dinner like 9.30, 10 wow. and go to bed quite late. But as well, they, we, woke, we wake up later because we start work later. So it could work, but honestly, I think the culture here works better than, than there. Okay, interesting. Um, and this one is also a wild card question. I'm, I'm changing for each, per, each person. So last year, you know, through the whole contract situation, you had to be so mentally tough that few drivers have really had to face that situation that you were in. So if somebody is ever in sort of a similar situation, what advice would you tell them based on what you've gone through? How could you help somebody else navigate through that process? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, it's similar to like having a crappy day. Um, it was the same mindset of like, yeah, there's a lot of noise going on. There's uh, off track is not as it's supposed to be. And I have too much stuff in my mind uh, to think of a part of like the race car. Um, but it was it was OK because there was uh, two teams fighting for for me and um, maybe the the way everything went wasn't the best way, and I would have changed uh, the the route that mm -hmm. we took. But uh, honestly, um, it could have been a lot worse. On like not having a seat uh, and being out of the championship or all that stuff. So I was mentally tough as tough as I could be, and honestly, I learned a lot from that. Um, but yeah, it's you need to go to back to basics of like it can always be a lot worse than it is, and and for me it works. I'm I have the mentality of like okay, yeah, it's true. I could be a lot worse, and then I go back to uh, my good mindset. I mean, that's a, that's a great point that I hadn't even that hadn't even occurred to me. I mean, better to have two teams fighting for you than zero teams fighting for you. Exactly. So. Like that's the biggest fear of every driver of. And, and and it happens a lot and it happened to me in the past of like not having a seat mm -hmm. when I was in Europe I had to nobody gave me a seat there for free and I had to go to Japan and they gave it to me like really late like in late February mm. so I had spent my all off season thinking I, I didn't have a drive anymore so Comparing that mindset to the mindset of like there's two teams that want you and there's a really bad contract dispute and blah, blah, blah. It was a lot better than not having a seat. So, um, yeah, still when everything looked like it was 
a total chaos and it was um i was a lucky person hmm, interesting okay uh well this this probably <laughs> this is i promise this question is for everybody not just you but we probably already know the answer uh in your career what is the deal that came closest to happening that ended up not working out <laughs> that might be yeah the i mean there's <laughs> no yeah that's the most obvious one um <laughs> apart of that i don't really have much yeah um in motorsport, there's a lot of talks and of like, oh, yeah, you will be here next year. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then you never hear about that anymore. But, uh, yeah, obviously, that's the closest. Yeah. That's the most obvious. See, for other drivers I've asked this year, it's like they're saying, oh, yeah, nobody knows about this. Or I almost talked to this person. But yours is like the most public thing. Exactly. So, <laughs> so I cannot, yeah, I cannot surprise anybody with yeah. my answer there. Yeah, right. Um, who is a person you would be starstruck by when meeting them? Oh, um, I would say Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think some racing drivers I would have been when I was younger, I would be like, oh my goodness, mm -hmm. but not anymore uh, because, I mean, I'm sharing team with uh, Scott Dixon. I share team with Jimmy Johnson. So it's like, um, yeah, I, I already know... Uh, amazing drivers but yeah Elon Musk would be I I really like his work ethic there, there's stuff that maybe doesn't um, that it's not as perfect as it looks but uh, I just really follow him a lot and um, I just admire the the work ethic that he has and he has so much stuff with like Tesla I think only if you put me ahead of Tesla first it would go sideways but um, <laughs> Just with all the work that he might have, only with that, I would collapse. And then you put SpaceX on top of that, uh, the Boring Company, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would like to have a dinner with him and ask him crazy uh, questions. Yeah, just pick his brain. Yeah. yeah. What is the single most important skill a race car driver can possess? Multitasking. Mm. Yeah, because um, I, would, I don't know about... 20 years ago um, but nowadays we have so much stuff in our steering uh, with the maps uh, weight jacker the front the rear anti-roll bar we have to th be thinking a little bit about the strategy saving fuel saving tires and on top of that you have to be racing against others and trying overtake try and defend uh, so I would say multitasking is something that everybody in IndyCar has to do while we're driving okay okay what life lessons from a young age stick with you and affect your daily decisions as an adult? That's tough. Um, I don't really know. I would say in general, the mindset of um, always giving 100% mm -hmm. um, because I was, I don't come from a really wealthy family. Uh, it's just a totally normal family um, and we got into this crazy sport that it, it was not for us um, so every day that I was doing a race it could be my last race so mm. I take um, I still take my life like that and um, I love it okay so each week I ask a driver to give me a question for the next interview so the last one I did was with um, Kenny Wallace who's former NASCAR driver um, and so he wants to know, so obviously you won the Indy 500 pole. On the opposite end of that, we saw Graham Ray Hall miss the race, although he ended up getting back in the race for other reasons. Yep. But 
you know, we all saw sort of like that heartbreak. We saw your elation and then we saw the heartbreak on the other end. So he was wondering if you can put yourself in Graham's shoes, like how would a driver, you know, process that, get over that of, of missing the race? Can you even sort of fathom that? Yeah. Um, and it, it's really sad. And I think it's so sad that we have Pump Day, but at the same time, it's so exciting mm-hmm. um, for the fans and not for the drivers, honestly. It's not exciting at all. But yeah. I know that Indy 500 needs a Pump Day. Um, so it's really sad. It's heartbreaking. Um, but at the same time, everybody knew fans and drivers and teams that it was not Graham's performance it was actually the car's performance so it's heartbreaking but he he couldn't do more like he's been struggling since day one it Mm -hmm. would be different i think if you had a really fast car like myself and and you don't put the work and and suddenly you're out of the show that would be really tough for the driver but in his case that he did no mistakes Mm -hmm. and he the car was just not fast enough to qualify it is what it is. Uh, you're still going to cry, and he did, and you could see the emotions and how much uh, he wanted to be in the show, obviously. But, um, yeah, I'm glad that um, he had a second chance. Not glad that, obviously, Stefan is uh, injured and, mm-hmm. um, and that he's out of the race. But, um, yeah, it must be heartbreaking. And, yeah, sometimes you put yourself on that situation of, like, it could happen. You never know. Even yeah. with the best car, it could happen. Yeah, that's that's a great answer. Uh, so the next interview I'm doing is with um, Dale Earnhardt Jr. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So uh, do you have a question I might be able to ask him? Um, I would ask him something about iRacing, honestly. Yeah, Because, yeah. I mean, he gets asked and he talks so much on his podcast about the real racing and his history and all that stuff. So I would like to ask him... Um, how involved he is on DI racing development and and the next ideas, and if there's a chance that I racing and IndyCar mm. are gonna shake hands again, yeah. because I'm an I racing addict. Um, I spend a lot of hours in losing. The IndyCar licensing hurts a lot. So yeah. let's see if he can answer that on a friendly way. Um, and I'll be hearing his answer. Okay, perfect, perfect. Well, thank you so much. This is fantastic. I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you. All right, everybody. There you have it. Alex Polo on the 12 Questions podcast. That was a fun one, I thought. He was really engaging and uh, good to talk to. So enjoyed that. And as you heard there, Dale Earnhardt Jr. will be the next edition of this podcast. That will come, I uh, believe, after a gap in the podcast because the off week is coming up and I won't have one for the NASCAR off week. So uh, stay tuned for that one, though. Uh, keep checking your feeds. Anyway, in the meantime, thanks as always for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast.